0: Welcome to the Positive Impact Podcast, where we dive into the world of movers, shakers, and changemakers, creating a positive impact on the world. This is your host, Alexandra Black-Pollock, and together we're going to tackle real issues, discovering how we can make the world a better place. Well, movers and shakers, you're joining us for our first ever bonus episode. We typically don't do this because we go in-depth with our Stories of the Field episode every Friday. But today was a little unique. First, it is the sixth anniversary of that devastating earthquake in Haiti. And last week, we featured two compelling episodes in Haiti, talking about this incredible recovery that the country is making. First, we had a riveting episode with Julie Colombino from Rebuild Globally and Dome Designs. Following that, we connected with craftwoman Undermen Jean in Haiti, hearing about how this dignified employment has not only helped her become a leader in her community, but she's built a home and she's now sending not only her children to school, but others in her family as well. For that Stories from the Field episode, we had translating for us the incredible Sarah Sandstead. Since we were connecting with her, we decided to take a few moments to hear what she was seeing in Haiti today. That is what you are about to listen to. Now, if you listened to Anderman's episode, you were valiant and bared with us for our subpar internet connection. While we go in and out a little bit today and have a few moments of fuzziness, I promise that this in-depth look at the mission and reality behind both Dume Designs and Rebuild Globally is worth it. Without further ado, here is our connection with Sarah. Sarah, obviously Rebuild Globally and Dume Designs are such incredible organizations, but I'm very curious, what is your role with both companies?
1: My role with Rebuild Globally is the global operations director. That's a recent change. Uh, Up until really recently, I was the country director here in Haiti, but now my role is changing to be a little bit more globally focused so that we can expand this same model, not only throughout other parts of Haiti, but throughout the world. Um, So my role with Rebuild Globally is essentially that I work here in Haiti to help continue to incubate this small business that we've developed over the last five years and to create opportunities for growth and expansion and for um, that we are following sort of the local standards that need to be followed in this country. I have a long experience in Haiti, and so I came on board as, you know, having a a perspective that I think helped bring the company um, to to just a, a level of really trying to start following more and more of the procedures locally Um, and so that's sort of been my role over the past couple of years is registering us um, as a legal entity here in Haiti, taking care of a lot of the logistical and administrative pieces that, uh, that are sort of important to, you know, doing good business in this country. Um, And then my role with the Haitian business, Demand Designs, uh, is really, you know, I am a part part shareholder in the company, as well as three of our Haitian managers who are shareholders in the company. And I serve on the board of directors for the company as the vice president.
0: Now, Dume Designs is a little different because reading through... And learning about it, it's more company owned and it's not necessarily yourself and Julie who are the quote unquote owners of this company.
1: That's correct. One of the things that we thought was very important in terms of cultivating local ownership and local leadership was to ensure that some of our staff owned part of the company our dream is that one day every staff member that's here in Haiti or you know in other parts of the world if we just if we expand when we expand this model to other parts of the world, but speaking about Haiti specifically, our hope is that everyone would be able to purchase some of the shares and really feel like they are part owners in the company. But to start, we decided to elect three of our Haitian staff who are management in the company and who have been with us the longest to own some of the shares in the company so that not only were they managers and therefore leaders, but so that they were also owners and felt a different kind of connection to our work.
0: Connected with the community, making sure you're following the rules there, cultivating local not only leadership, but ownership. How has this helped chart a different type of path for G- made designs? And how have you guys made different choices because of this incredible emphasis on being a Haitian company.
1: It's a really great question because I've done I've done a lot of work in this country with other organizations and companies and seen incredible incredible work done but what I think that said- demand designs apart really is the fact that we are so committed to developing a middle class. We really believe that in Haiti if you follow the standards that are set before you and you're respectful of the rules then you do good business and therefore can help really generate a middle class that is actually missing in this country. Um, We believe that by creating local owners who pay their taxes, who follow the rules, who are really law-abiding citizens in every sense of the word, not only are we being respectful of the local economy, but we're helping to develop a class of people who can really not just survive on a day-to-day wage, but can thrive
0: in their families and in their communities. Wow. Now, if that's not a mission statement, I don't know what is. Absolutely incredible. You're so good. <laughs> you <laughs> thanks. You guys are actually making some incredible change. And one of the things that's very fascinating about today is you had so many different craftsmen and women to choose from to come to this interview, but you chose Underman. Why was her story so compelling? Every
1: single one of our craftsmen and women have a story that's worth telling. They're such beautiful people, and really I've come to love each and every one of them with an equal, you know an equal uh, level of, of, of admiration. Andreman, however, I chose to bring today because every day I see progress in her life. Um, she really is, I think the poster child really for how dignified living wage employment can change someone's life when she came to us in 2011 from what i'm told she could not really even hold a pair of scissors she'd never had a craft you know as she mentioned earlier she'd been in trash collection and in the cleaning industry cleaning people's homes and washing laundry and so she was really what we would what what haitians might consider sort of lower class and We've really, um, you know, seen her blossom in a way that is extremely powerful. It it keeps me going every day. People like Anderman make me so proud of what we're doing at Rebo Global and Demand Designs because while she still lives in a pretty, um, you know, vulnerable community, she's a leader in her community now because she owns a home. She sends her children to school. She doesn't have to ask for charity when I see people um, in Haiti who are still suffering and still you know, begging on the side of the road for money or food, I often think to myself, that could have been Anderman if she hadn't found a job that paid her a dignified living wage and that gave her the chance that she deserved to pull herself out of her situation. Just last month, Andraman told us she might not be able to make it to our Christmas party because she had heard some gunfire in her community. It's been a little bit of a tumultuous time lately, especially in her neighborhood, because of the elections that have been going on. And so we were not expecting to see her show up. But instead, two hours late, she showed up in her most beautiful dress with her son, smiling ear to ear, immediately ran into the workshop, started dancing to the music we were playing, grabbed a piece of pizza, grabbed a glass of sparkling grape juice, and just was filled with such extreme joy. And for me, that kind of juxtaposition of her sitting at home fearful of gunfire rather than coming to this joyous event, but making that commitment to coming shows something I think really, really powerful about her spirit and about what Dignified Living Wage employment has done for her.
0: I love that you're touching on the spirit and the drive, because when we connected with Julie, her most resounding point was the strength of the Haitian people, especially after such a devastating event. When we talked with Andraman about the recovery, she said that, yes, some people have found hope, but so many, especially in her community, have not. How has what you've seen differed from what she has been seeing in her communities?
1: Well, Antriman's absolutely correct that there are many people that are still stuck in the vicious cycle of poverty in Haiti. Poverty has not gone away. It's been um, a a vicious cycle since, you know, for a very long time. And and the recovery efforts have certainly helped with the immediate damage of the earthquake. But, you know, poverty is a cycle that takes uh, much more intensive effort to really address. That being said, I believe that Haiti is not represented well in the media in terms of touching on how much really has happened in this beautiful country post-earthquake. In the last six years, so many people have moved out of tents and into homes. Um, So many people have found work. The tourist industry has increased substantially. New hotels have been built. New restaurants have been built. And, you know, that often is met with criticism. Why are you building hotels and restaurants when people are still living in tents? But my counter argument would be, how can you create jobs for people unless you start focusing on things like restaurants and hotels and tourism? We always say at our workshop that the more tourists we have here in Haiti, the more people will buy sandals and the more people we can employ. And I think, you know, Entremend is a real testament to what employment can do. And so while we still have a really long way to go, I think it, people's work, the work of, of NGOs, of um, nonprofits, of businesses, of social, but, but particularly of social enterprises, really needs to be acknowledged because Haiti is a very difficult place to do business. It's a very difficult place to get things accomplished, and yet I think, despite challenges, we really have come a long way um, since the earthquake, and, and people really have bounced back with incredible tenacity.
0: Well, we're not only looking forward to more incredible growth in Haiti, but additionally, as you guys expand this mission of dignified living wages globally. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. as a refreshing take on not only what dignified employment can be, but really empowering impoverished communities to succeed and create thriving communities. If you're just joining us for this first episode, I would love to invite you to hear Julie Colombino's feature episode talking about the vision behind this company. You can find that at positiveimpactpodcast dot com slash rebuild globally. To hear Onderman's story, join us at positiveimpactpodcast dot com slash stories from the field slash rebuild globally. Until next time, keep doing your part to make the world a better place.